much. Happy holidays. You took my parking spot. I was right there and you cut in front of me. Did you get that today? Happy holidays. It said it was marked down to 40% off. What is that, Skin? Is it an, an ad? No, it's just what I always think at Christmas. Everybody's all wound up and really unhappy. Well, this is your own creation? Just duking it out everywhere they go, and it's to, so that we can all celebrate the joy of we, you know, like, It's just <laughs> awful. Okay. Are we here? Are we ready? Light them up, Skin. <laughs> Let's roll. All right. Oh, I meant to put up some Christmas lights someplace for today's occasion. I just I have some get in the car. I have some in the car, battery powered. I could go get them. No, it's okay. Oh, I've got that funny little. Oh, I got this guy. Oh yeah, at hand, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get that one going. Get that going. What do you do? Maybe get go, the go. get upstairs. get the hula man going as well. Oh, right. oh excellent. Oh, and the party last night. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Talk about lighting them up. I know. We've got shit going on here. And there hula, goes. hula guys rolling. Oh, the hula guys going. Okay, we're in business. Everybody's got their flat brims and their full costumes. Boys, very happy to be here. Been a while since we've been in the shed. Mm. Oh, shed dogs. <laughs> we welcome you today. The spirit of joy and non-seriousness, the great and driving universal spirit, speaks through us today to our listeners. What is this? Episode 73, this will be. And I'm happy to be here. It's been quite a while since we've been in the shed together. Listeners, you may not know it, but we run a complex shuffle game here to make you unaware of what our actual recording and presence schedule is. It's been a real challenge. Here we are in the shed again. We got a pile of stuff to talk about. There's so much. We got a ton of listener mail. We got to hear from KJ about his recent shows that he's in and has completed. We've got all the stuff. We don't usually do temporal business, but Christmas is upon us, so I'm sure there'll be more of that. Talk about what we're doing. I just I don't even know where to start. Money making ideas. I don't know if we got any tales from the shuttle, but we it's it's going to be honest going to be awesome. Sad Merry, news. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And uh, New Year's should be coming uh, any moment now, I believe. <laughs> I think, I'm thinking New Year's is already dwindling in the rearview mirror, but we'll see. We could actually, you know, it might be coming because we're due up. How do we want to start? I mean, we really do have a long list. Uh, I want to go off list right, uh, right off the bat. Okay. Uh, KJ, I'm wondering if you have a status report for us on uh, on your recent forays into the drama. Mm-hmm. We got the father. Want to hear a little bit about that and uh, chat about it a bit, if we can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Bah Humbug once again, mm-hmm. which we uh, opened our podcast with originally, talking about Bah Humbug. May not have made the airwaves, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I think but, we did. But uh, we did hear about the, uh, so we have to cut that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, just. (laughs) I believe there was a a one point. So sorry, Skin. You got to work. You got to work on that. That was that when we started. No, no, we we mentioned it last Uh, year, but he first uh, KJ first. Anyway, (laughs) I just want to say before you go into the father, I don't know if you have much to say about it. It was a fantastic production, though. 
Mm-hmm. One of my favorites ever. But the most important thing I wanted to ask you about was your outfit. The dress shoes, the slacks, the sweater. I'm wondering where I can get a whole edition of that for myself. <laughs> it was amazing. Were the shoes they were the dress shoes black they were or were they so awesome? Were they flesh colored? I believe sneakers. they were tan, I tan. think. There you go. Is that correct? Shoes? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And shiny and leather. They were beautiful, beautiful leather shoes. They looked like three hundred dollar shoes. I don't know. Maybe they were just cheap, but it's you know. It's so funny that you say that. Okay, just, I want to. I want to hear about this costumes. Well, uh, the costumes and the set and the lighting and the sound and everything got like just rave reviews. Like, like really <laughs> above. Like people kept on. You know, usually they don't. It was amazing. <clears throat> the costumes. That sounds like sort of a mixed blessing if you're an actor. Oh, yeah. I, I gave the performance of a lifetime, and all I saw in the review was how great the set was. Great set, man. Great set. <laughs> I reached right into my soul for that show. <laughs> I'll tell you about the shoes. The shoes didn't fit me. And uh, she wanted to be Paris, upscale Paris and today, and that's what she wanted. She wanted these slip-ons and... She actually dyed those shoes, believe it or not, okay. or, or painted them, however. And so to start, I stuffed them with Kleenex. Oh, they were too big? They were too sloppy, and they would flop in my heels. Oh, they might fit me then, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, just, it was painful. It was painful, painful. And then I have a quick change near the end of the show, and I don't have time to put socks on. So I, I don't know if you noticed, but I was in bare feet or, or in no socks. Okay. And it, so I figured out. I did not notice. I figured good. I figured out that instead of the Kleenex, which was just killing me, I put on an extra pair of socks underneath, sort of thicker socks underneath my dress socks, solved all the problems. And then I had to shuffle on with uh, with no socks, of course, but that was... Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, lots of comments about the costumes. But uh, good little <laughs> show. Uh, it was le- really nice. 11 performances. All right, all right, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll just say I'm sorry. There's going to be a lot of I'm sorry for me in these episodes, I'm <laughs> But afraid. it was true, it was true. I'm sorry. Yeah, amazing response from people. Like, just some people. The one one person that I know who uh, came and uh, he, he just went this through this with his mother, through Alzheimer's with his mother about two years ago, and he didn't realize how uh, impactful the show would be. And he had a panic attack in the middle of the show, wanted to escape, but of course it's a little bit tight to escape. But he was just a mess at the end. Uh, but he went on after he sort of, regain composure and he just said how great the show was it's just a very clever clever script yeah to leave the show you actually have to walk cross, on stage walk almost. on stage <laughs> walk past all the furniture whatever there is and yeah <laughs> the fantastic make your furniture. make your way around the kitchen table <laughs> That's right. but yeah yeah i don't actually know nobody in nobody left the theater in the whole time yeah i i don't know what it is you know you go, this is going to be a sad show. Uh, and what, what is that about movies? You know what, 
what attracts people? What was it back in the day, like a movie like Love Story, where you already heard that it doesn't end well before you even go, you know? Yeah, and so you still want to see it. Yeah, you still still want to see it. And other days you just go, no, I just want something light. But yeah. you would have probably enjoyed something heavy just as much. Yeah, yeah. But you just don't. What, was, uh, what was the one with Shirley MacLaine? <clears throat> it was super popular. Jack uh, Nicholson riding probably. in a car on the beach. Yeah, I don't know. And she dies at the end and it's it's just a big gigantic 2-hour tearjerker. It's just the whole thing is just a giant build up to a horrible death, you know, yeah. and everybody's super sad. I never watched that. I guess film. it's part of the human experience. We enjoy us a little cry. Well, you guys will have to enjoy it on my behalf because I'm I'm failing to find that joy in those kinds of movies. Is Although, right? I will say I watch a lot of K-dramas and there's always a giant component of that in K-drama. Mm. You know, somebody has to go through some horrible downs and shed some tears and and then there's a happy reconciliation that we all feel good about. But uh-huh. Are you still watching K-dramas? Oh, too right. So you're okay. saying, you're saying before of course most of us before a sad show go, I don't really want to watch that. Yeah. Most of us, once we're watching it, are glad we did. You're saying, nope. When you're watching the tearjerkers, you're just going, nope. I hate this. I'm feeling sad. I sure wish I wasn't here. Uh, Jeez, that's a tough question. I would have to say, when I'm in the middle of one of those, I wouldn't say I'm glad I'm there, but I'm not leaving. Like, I'm in at that point. But there's just one or two of them. And like I said, I cannot remember the title of that movie. It was really popular, really well-received. I know the movie. I, I it's on the tip yeah, of my tongue. Can't remember, but anyway, it was the whole thing was just a giant tearjerker, and I just thought I'm not gonna be manipulated like that. I'm not gonna give my vote at the academy because somebody just pulled those strings well, mercilessly. Yeah, but I mean, comedy's manipulating you to laugh. What's I what's know. the difference? That's pleasant for me. Whereas crying and thinking about the shortness of human life and the blackness of eternity <laughs> that follows, nah, not so much. You know. <laughs> Oh, skinny. <laughs> Skin. <laughs> On a less positive note. <laughs> All right. So that was a great show. And uh, any other tidbits, behind the scenes stuff? Will it ever be, I guess it's shown again by different companies, but. No, they're, they're talking about uh, something in the future. Something next year yeah. or whatever. I, I I don't think there's spoiler alerts for the father. I don't know that it really matters. But it's but like if it's not held in, again for another year or two, yeah, people, yeah. people aren't going to remember. Anyway, I have a nice breakdown at the end, and that it ends the show to a blackout, right? And because of the uh, the content, there's no applause. People don't even know what to do. It seems so. Me <laughs> and the actress that I'm. We have to sneak off the stage in the black, <laughs> and you can you can hear the floor creak go, <laughs> and everybody's like six feet away from you, like they can hear it, and it just—it's their souls. It would their souls are leaving their bodies. It, it cracked me up every night. Like I would get off stage <laughs> and I would just be laughing, and, and it was probably a little bit of a release coming out of yeah. the moment. But I just thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world. You know, that is very funny. That's and, and he talks about he says. Uh, in the show, he says the furniture keeps disappearing. He says, "He says, look around. We've been burgled. 
So I, I just think that we're the burglars sneaking off. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, that was real. It was uh, great. The only b- bad thing was that I was in rehearsal all eight hours a day and then doing the show at night. And I'm not sure if that was a positive for the performance or not. The last day we did two shows, our only two show day. And by the end of the second show, I could, I, I really could feel it. I was bagged. Why? Like, I thought. I thought rehearsals always ended once the show opened. I was in rehearsal oh, for Bahamba. Oh, for Bahamba. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Who double booked? Oh, man. That's brutal, yeah. Silly, silly, silly. You need to fire someone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, a great little experience that was. It was. So uh, your acting was quite naturalistic. I just loved it. it and uh, not to peel back the, uh, you know, the uh, facade or anything, but while you're acting like that, are you um, completely in the moment, almost feeling like you're him? Or are you thinking about that you need to pick up some milk on the way home? Oh, not in that show. Now, in Bahambug, I might be <laughs> thinking about the milk on the way home. No, not in that show. But I'm certainly, I'm very aware of the audience, and I'm trying not to make eye contact. I'm trying not to make... I'm trying not to actually recognize anybody. Right. Right. I'm looking I'm looking above the audience or up the aisle and I I can sense uh sometimes because the set's white so the audience is lit somewhat. I had good friends one night who came late and walked across the stage? No, they had to sit. <laughs> oh, the fatal. The fatal. Right in front some half halfway between you and me right now skin that's how close they were yeah sitting right there and listeners that's a distance of probably less than four feet yeah and we're at the table eating i mean the big there's a few scenes at the table but he's right there and he was mortified he had to sit there because yeah they were last in and of course they bring their drinks drinks in and he he didn't want to even touch his drink he didn't want he said because he knows me yeah and actors don't like other actors or anybody they know to sit in the front row i've heard this this for decades yeah this is a little bit different because the the space is so small but it didn't matter so it was it was because i i knew i never looked at him in the sort of in the face but i knew exactly that they were there through the whole thing i don't want to pile on or anything but not only are they late, but they still take the time to buy some drinks. Oh, well, they were... Way <laughs> <laughs> to stir it up there, RJ. Attaboy. No, they were They were Those probably there bastards. early to have drinks, uh, and but then, just made sure they had that extra one in the lobby before they uh, came that's in. That's right. They simply dilly-dallied. Yeah, and at whose yeah. expense? At whose expense? Yeah, yeah. Yours. That's whose. Anyway, anyway, great show. That was fun. And uh, Bah Humbug? Uh... I walked out the other night, and Cecilia Renison is standing there, and I thought, oh, my God. Like, I, she really surprised me. It's been a while. Well, I saw her at, um, not that long ago, at the opening of Kingsway. Her daughter was in it, and I was in it, the Sweeney oh, film. Right, of the, course, it was yeah. at the Rio. Yeah. And that was only, well, it was less than a year ago. I was there. And I hadn't seen her. That's right, and we went for sushi, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I hadn't seen her a long time before that. Anyway, so I see her, and I was kind of thrilled that she was there, unexpected. And she says, uh, and Baron was just in the can, and uh, he comes out, and he said, Cecilia says, 
he was just blubbering. He <laughs> was blubbering at like through the end of the show. Ooh. It just really affected him, you know, and it's a Christmas carol, right? Scrooge yeah. Yeah, yeah. gets his comeuppance or whatever, just blubbering. I thought that's great. Wow. That is good. That was too funny. Way to go, Baron. Getting in touch. And he said, he said, I'm telling everybody at work, he says, I'm telling them to come and see this. <laughs> uh, who else? Some, um, oh, do you guys know the twins? That uh, They're about 70 years old, these twin ladies. They're in um, Lemony Snicket, the unfortunate series of events. I don't know if you've seen them. Mm-hmm. I have seen that movie, and I, I don't know no, if no, I recall. No, no, the series. No, then I haven't, no. Anyway, there are two... Uh, Vancouver actors. I think I met them, oh, ages ago in the 90s, and they're identical. Uh, I think they were playing, there's a movie called Blood River, and I was the, I was in the teaser, and I'm a mayor who rides into the little village with my wife, which one of the twins played. I do a little speech. I say, I, I talk to the townspeople. Well, it just so happens that one of the twins couldn't make it, so they just swapped the twins, right? She was like a, a, a special skills extra. Like, she didn't have any lines or anything, but, you know, she's sort of prominent. She's the wife of the mayor. So they just swapped each other out. So anyway, they tell that story all the time, right? <laughs> so they come to the show the other night, and they sit right in the front row. Oh, my God. They're a little... They're, they're, they actually are actresses even in the audience, right? <laughs> So at one point in the show, um, <laughs> I, I start singing um, Dust in the Wind, and I can see them, and, the, uh, you know, the big Kleenex comes out, and, just, <laughs> and they both do it, right? As soon as one does it, the next one does it. And it's just, I'm thinking, I don't know that anybody really cries at Dust in the Wind. I sort of thought maybe when Scrooge has his good morning, you know, anyway, so funny, so... I go and meet them after the show, and she says, they say, you wouldn't believe it. This afternoon, our computer went down, and we, we weren't sure about the time of the show, and we, we just couldn't, we just couldn't, we couldn't figure it out, so we phoned our sister, who lives in Jerusalem, not very far from Bethlehem. She says, very close to the source. She says, we phoned her and she told us what time the show was. She looked it up on her computer. And I thought, are you kidding? And they kept on saying, very close to the source. (laughs) (laughs) And then it it dawned on me, like I've never thought of them, but they're two Jewish old ladies. Ah, yes. And as soon as they said their sister was in Israel, like I've never thought of them like that. Like they sort of look like it, but as as, as soon as she said that, they said that. I could hear them being Jewish all of yeah. a sudden. Everything that came out of their mouth was just so Jewish. Right, anyway, right. they're just so funny. I was trying to figure out whether they're yanking you. I thought you were going to tell me they're just fully Oh, my God, no. You. Oh, my God, no. Oh, they're, they're so funny. <laughs> they would say, and it's bahumbug, right? It's sort of a bit of fluff in my head, but they would say, your performance so profound, so <laughs> profound. You know, like what they—that's great. I, I think they, I think they're like that to every actor that they know, right? Oh, Maybe. that was just the best. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, uh, it's fun to do that but, one. But it's over now. No, no, I have a whole week. <laughs> oh, right, right. But okay, I, what I meant to say is, yeah, it's the last year, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. people are quite upset about that. Why? Why is it the last year? Tell me. Well, it's ten years. I don't know. Somebody's had enough. 
Well, there's a house filling every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Burns might have enough. It's a big show, you know. Scrooge is a big part. He never shuts up for the whole thing. And and anyway, it's a but it's a cool show. People really like it. Cromer and Deb were blown away. Oh, well, you guys saw them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, another week and uh, Christmas is upon us. It sure is. Like a thunderclap. Like a thunderclap. So that's, and people are listening, audience, that's why we have not congregated in the shed for so long because because I've been so busy. He's been acting. Acting. Oh, yes. I'm acting. I'm not actually a wizard. I'm acting. <laughs> um, I have a terrible confession to make, boys. Let's do it. Do it. Last night, last night, last night I was cruising Twitter, as I sometimes do, because mm-hmm. I'm an up-to-the-date modern social media guy. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little video of somebody folding wrapping paper, you know, and they show you, oh, yeah, if you, if you don't think it'll cover it, just turn the box diagonally and I it covers it. today, as a matter of fact. I saw that one, too. I bet you did. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So I thought, wow, and I stole a line from RJ. And this program, oh, this right. episode, I have many times in the past laughed when he says something, big something, big oil, big refrigerator, wants to see those things recycled, uh, big car tire, wants to see tires worn out more quickly. There's always big something. And always, every time it makes me laugh. So I saw that video and I tweeted, I said, finally, this outbreak video that big wrapping paper has tried to suppress for years. <laughs> I got up this morning and there's like a couple of thousand likes. It's been re- retweeted a couple hundred times. Like, that's just that remark. You've gone viral for your first time. And it's somebody else's joke, you know, like. Well, oh, yeah, but my. it's not my joke either. It's, it's, it's uh, an old one. And that's it's fun. It just, I, I, uh, to make up, I've tried on Instagram, I, did a little video of my iPad where there's a little notification coming up about every second that somebody liked it. Tick, tick, tick. Uh-huh. And I posted that and said, when you steal a buddy's line and it's more popular in the Twitty- Twitterverse than anything you ever thought of. You know? <laughs> uh, so would be a nice little jolt, eh? Like a little uh, endorphin flowing? When, well, uh, it would be if it, if it was mine. If I hadn't just completely ripped it off, it would be a lot more satisfying. Everything is ripped off. Though. I know that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I only say that because you say it and it makes me laugh. Somebody somewhere came up with that the first time, an ironic big whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun though like i say just it's probably still ticking along i don't know that's great so there was that my my apology to the universe for plagiarism again oh, it's just a little more overt than the usual plagiarism hey can i go off list one more time okay i mean we got a long long list so okay. i want to just keep putting it off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly because why not yes you may uh, i uh you know uh we often talk about shows or movies that we've seen and uh, just to recommend them. I have a great recommendation in case you guys haven't heard of it uh, and uh, and our listeners as well. So let uh, us hear it. I mean, what? you heard it here first. I've been binging a series <laughs> called Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> you turd head. It's really Jesus. good. 
really good. I'm We're in season list. two now. We've got a whole list of gold here, and you. <laughs> you now, PJ, you would have seen Game of Thrones. Right? I've seen. I saw the first uh, two seasons of it, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, KJ. I believe I saw the first season. Yes. Okay. Very right. good. Very yeah, good. Really, I never really got back to it. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You're being serious now, though. I. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you 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 just got in. Oh, of course, I've known about it all these years, but I've uh, never. I mean, I could have bootlegged it, I guess, if if I was the kind of person that did that kind of thing. Um, but we have a half price HBO. It ends in two days. So you weren't able to figure out how to bootleg it, I guess. Is that what you're saying? No, I think it's very easy to find. It must be on the Pirate Bay, like, you know, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, our half price on HBO ends in two days, so we cancel and move on to whatever mm-hmm. other service that's cheap at the time. And, uh, man, oh, man, that's fun, you know. And I've been doing a lot of the uh, turn on the fireplace, you know, and uh, I bump the de- the temperature up a degree, put on my, um, my shearling slippers, get uh, some tea, perhaps, or... A goblet of wine quite often because it's Game of Thrones, right? Not a glass. <laughs> okay, listeners, who all has goblets at hand? And it's just the nicest little winter series to watch, isn't it? It's just lovely. Oh, man. Okay. And so uh, are you through it? Halfway through season two. I'll finish oh. season two and then cancel HBO and, you know, maybe I'll wait until the next half price run before I uh, watch seasons three, four, and five, but then six. Yeah. Did you guys read the books? No, that would require me to actually read books. Oh, well, I mean, Wait, I, what? I, I only have <laughs> been reading. Just don't read. Uh, I only ask because it's one of those rare instances where they did a pretty successful adaptation, right? Mm. Where you don't see the the movie version of it or the TV version of it and think, what? That's not at all what I was. No, they're not supposed to look like that. You know, you always think that. Right. They did pretty well in that. So it's George R.R. R. Martin. Is that correct? Yeah. And did he decide that he needed to have the same middle initials as J.R.R. Tolkien? Is that really it? Is that it? That's an awful thing to say. Is he a little bit of a but copycat maybe true. in some regards? I think that is I mean, just, you're a hater. That's plagiarism I mean, right there's there. no elves so far, but. You're a straight up hater. I can't not, believe it. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I think is he should. So he's a really good writer or he's a good pulp writer? Good pulp writer. The deal is he turned out. Uh, the first two or three, like he turned out the three and, you know, and then there was enormous, like crazy. They were super popular and there came a huge demand for the sequel. When, oh, what's yeah. going to happen next? Yeah, yeah. And he pretty much, I mean, I. He lost it, right? Yeah. I don't know how to say this politely, but he kind of caved under the pressure. He just couldn't. Oh, so he started churning? Well, he came up with a prequel, a book that predated mm. the series that. Everything mm. was the, the series of three. Yeah. And then I think he just declared himself done because he just could not. Right. He was just paralyzed with the demand. He didn't want to have to deal with, oh my God, how am I going to write a fourth book in this series that isn't going to really, really screw up everything? See, yeah, this is not unlike that Korean movie where the, um, the kid who is a famous poet actually didn't write anything himself. He stole it from the other guy, right? And uh, and then, you know, I could see a situation where something like that happened and the other guy could no longer write or no longer wanted to write for him. And now what is he going to do? Come up with a prequel maybe? Because that story's kind of already written. Yeah. 
Well, that's what he did, only I think you're being triggered a little too heavily by the RR. That's, <laughs> I, I suspect that, it's a little that, too much. That RR triggers me. <laughs> He's a thief. He only left out elves because it would be too obvious. What are those two middle R's, do you I know? don't know. Reginald yes, Roger. Well, well, Reginald certainly is one of the two JRRRs. That's it. I think, I think, well, it's a little test of our, our listenership because somebody should sue our can off for that. Those remarks, RJ, that was awful. Really? This oh. is, they're crit- critical remarks. They're not critical. You're accusing them of stealing everything. Well, there is that. But suggesting aside of that, it. <laughs> suggesting. suggesting it. Yeah. But I'm not accusing. I didn't them. say it. I only heard it. <laughs> behaving like one of those courtiers in Game of Thrones there. But go, oh, go ahead. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's pretty good. Jeez. Okay. Okay. I'll now we write know. them down so open goblets, courtiers. <laughs> yeah. And J-R-R. As, as J-R-R. The, oh, not J-R-R. Wait a minute. As the, as the afternoon goes on, we'll just keep adding to the list. Well, speaking of goblets of mead or whatever, boys, here's... My number one fantastic money-making idea. Excellent. Just the first of a couple I've got for today. This one is the lesser of the two. The other one, super blockbuster. This one, though, uh, this came from a guy in the room at hockey, somebody at hockey who actually listens to the show. Shout out to Mike from hockey if he listens to this one. It was, uh, we were, somebody, for some reason, brought peach-flavored beer for the after-hockey beers. You know, everybody has to take a turn. Peach flavored? Like, Rat- Rattlers, what even, right? What even happened there, I wonder? Was it left over from summer? <laughs> that's stepping in, co- in hockey land. That's stepping way out. Were the hockey guys all way out there grunting their disapproval? <laughs> so Mike says, Well, I got an idea. They got peach beer. Why don't they have prune beer? We're all old guys. <laughs> prune beer. Keep things moving. <laughs> so, listeners, you heard it here first. Prune beer. You know, we <laughs> often we often find that your we heard it here first was actually somewhere else before, but this one actually may be a first. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite happy with that. I have another one though. This one is more serious, way more serious. This is a money making idea. So it's Christmas, as we've mentioned. Somebody on my list of <clears throat> gift recipients wanted sun shirts. Do you guys know what a sun shirt is? No, sir. It's a shirt you put on to prevent sunburn. Okay. All right. A special shirt. It has some kind of, it has a rating, either an SPF, no, SPV, yeah, or a UP, SPF or UPF, that's what it is. Hmm. It has a rating. Like a sunblock rating. Yeah. So you buy this shirt and they're pretty pricey and they get instructions about, you know, you got to wash it by hand and don't put it in the dryer because it'll destroy the sun protection value. Blah, 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 blah. I was looking at mountain equipment for this first and I asked one of the fresh faced young sales staff that are there on a seasonal basis, AKA some 18 year old who knows nothing. I said, is there like, what's the <laughs> difference between one of these sun shirts and just like a regular shirt? Is there some, what's the deal? Is it a coating or is it the way they're woven or what is it? And the guy just said, uh, I don't, I don't really, well, I should do my Simpsons fry. Oh, really? No. You know, he didn't know. Just wasn't sure. He thinks maybe it's a coating. He's not too sure. So then I went to some other place, Swimco in Park Royal, and I found sun protection shirts and they're pretty pricey. Like they're 50 or 60 bucks for a shirt. So I started thinking to myself, 
here in the shed, we've spoken a few times about shed dog t-shirts that we should sell. And I think what we should do is order a whole boxcar full of just cotton shirts and get them printed up with whatever we want that refers to shed dog. And, well, UPV5. <laughs> so just claim. Make a claim. No, because they're made of cotton, and cotton has an ultraviolet protection oh, yeah. value of five. All right. So that means that only one in five parts of whatever UV emissions you're standing under get through to your skin. Which, you know, that to me, just as an aside... It's kind of like selling steaks and saying they're gluten-free. Yeah, or Mars bars or whatever. Yeah, it's exactly like that. But like, as an aside, have either of you ever been burned right through a shirt? Never. Me either. And I have pale, pasty skin. Me too. I'm as white as they come, I'm sorry to say. KJ? Me too. Burned through a shirt? Never. Yeah, so you sort of think cotton has a five. That means one part in five gets through. So when you're wearing a shirt that's a 50, that's one part in 50 that gets through. And as a further aside, the other index that they use is a sun protection value. Uh-huh. And, 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 it, and its expression is the number of minutes until you burn. And I kind of thought, well, isn't that 100% or at least a huge percent dependent on what's up that day? And who you are. Since yeah, like I've what? spent day all day in the sun and n- never been burned through my shirt, apparently all my clothing is like eight hours yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly, which is nonsense. <laughs> so that would be another alternative for us if we go to market the uh, Shed Dog t-shirts. Not only will they have cool Shed Dog Association, they have a real health kicker. Well, I think it's great. Isn't it I think great? it's great in an ironic way. We should put them on there. I think we should put it on and not let anybody know it's ironic. Because it's true, 100% true. It's true, yeah. But, I mean, we've covered this in the past, the the idea that, uh, not not the shirts, oh. but the, the idea that sunblock is being heavily questioned right now. And oh, have my, we? Yeah. My skin doctor told me, you got to get out in the sun and don't put on sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Now, she told, she told me, because to, I have psoriasis, but she told me to, you know, try not to go over an hour. She didn't want me to get burned or anything, but... The latest research that I saw, not that I sit there and look for research in this regard, but uh, is that if you um, if you don't wear sunscreen at least part of the day, you know, your odds of getting cancer go up. Your odds of surviving any cancer you get are better. It's kind of weird, like you will get more frequently like the little, little skin cancers, which you're familiar with PJ because you sure some of those cut out. Yeah. Um, they, they don't represent near as much of a threat, but if you've always been in sunscreen, you're not getting that vitamin D and apparently it's the vitamin D that can handle mm. the odd little growths of cancers or whatnot. So then people who have worn a whole bunch of sunscreen may in fact not be well defended against cancer should they get it. And so the net, uh, this particular study said the net was, was better to get some sun every day. It almost makes it sound like getting cancer is just inevitable. One way or another, it's inevitable. Well, I think so. If you live till 200, you're going to get it a lot. Well, they say about any man, if they live long enough, is going to get prostate cancer. Yeah. It's just a question of whether you live long enough to get it. Yeah. If it wasn't cancer, we'd live even longer and some other thing would hit us and we'd be saying, yeah, yeah, you'll never get around that heart disease, man. Yeah, that's true. 
Hmm? Speaking of heart disease, boys, does anybody else want to go? Yeah, I think the list is almost all yours. Well, I've got a few <laughs> things on there, but I've gone off list a couple times. By the way, do you mind if we go off list one? No, I'm just... He holds his <laughs> finger up. The Trump finger. <laughs> No, I had another one. I had another one. So I think I mentioned on the show a while ago that last October Thanksgiving, my little family, we went vegan because I have two vegetarian daughters and one vegan daughter. And actually, to be accurate, I have one plant-based daughter. And it was fun. Everybody was involved. The food was pretty good. It was kind of a success, right? Even though I was annoyed at not being able to have turkey. So then two weeks later or so, I'm in a spin class and my spin instructor just casually mentions to the class, have any of you guys watched uh, Game Changer? And I'll ask you guys. You watch Game Changers? No. It's a Netflix show. Nobody? Mm-mm. Nothing. She said, uh, you guys should watch it. I watched it and um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go vegan, she says. <laughs> just throws it out there and I'm going to go vegan. And I thought, what? And a couple of people said, oh, what? She said, yeah, I'm just going to try it out and see what happens. And then she said, might be make a great idea for your podcast. She says that to me in front of the class. So I invited her to come on, but she has declined, probably wisely. Um, but I did send a note and asked a bunch of questions about why anybody would want to do that and da-da-da-da-da. And as I formulated the questions, I was thinking about, well, I better watch that show. So I watched it. And it was pretty uh, compelling, although... I should just say as a disclaimer, I'm easily suggestible. Like I just, I fall for all kinds of stuff. I'm aware that I do it, but I can't seem to help myself. I try to ask critical questions, but I don't always succeed. And I just found the whole thing really compelling. Just everything I've ever heard times 10 is just one after another. It, was, it wasn't all dark. wasn't all preachy. wasn't all doom and gloom. It was just presented as fact after fact after fact. And I'll just repeat that presented as i haven't done other research to say what was untrue about that so on november 3rd i decided i was going to go all plant-based and have done since and this is what december 17th or something wow so one month and two weeks so far something like that yeah because i just wanted to see and the reasoning for it was the same as what i got from cat who we've mentioned here before trinity fitness (laughs) shout out to cat wonk it was just, I want to just see if it makes a difference. I want to see if I feel any better. I want to see if I feel any stronger. I want to see if my hip feels any better, like arthritis, stuff like that. And the answer to all of that so far is no, not really. I will say, you know, I miss milk for some reason. I can't just go to the fridge and get a glass of milk now when I'm feeling thirsty. Yeah, a lifetime of yeah. drinking milk. Yeah. That stuff's really... Uh, as long as you don't react to it, that stuff's just great. I love it. And uh, it's sweet. Chocolate. I, chocolate is, can't be eaten because it's got dairy in it. It's a shocking amount of things that have dairy in it. Yeah. But those eggs, are the ones. Eggs are off the list. Right? Yeah. Dairy and meat are just all off. So eggs, cheese. What are you saying? That eggs are dairy? Ah, uh, no. I had this thing with somebody. <laughs> Just recently. Was it you? It was me, yeah. Of course it was. Why would I not? Why would I even wonder about that? I know why people think eggs are dairy. It's simply because they're kept in the dairy case. Yeah. But if you think about it, they got nothing to do with milk or cows. We we looked that up too, didn't we? (laughs) Chickens don't express milk, I believe. (laughs) They do have eggs. They're not dairy. Of course not. 
Oh my God. Well, but no, but I, I found myself thinking the same thing just because the eggs are right there beside the butter or whatever, right? Yeah, no, we did have that thing. Anyways, I don't know. I, I'll keep you posted. Uh, Christmas is a really terrible time to try to do this. It's a foolish plan. Um, mm. Like, and, and I've decided that I am not going to because it's not. So here's a useful distinction for you too. If somebody says they're a vegan, then watch your step about everything. <laughs> like you vegans, feel that vegans are judgmental in general. Yes, I do. And that's, again, I'll just uh, cover the base that says that's probably because I pay too much attention to social media. And vegans on social media tend to be somewhat competitive, just like everybody else on social media that tends to be somewhat competitive. And a vegan does not draw the line at insects for example. So don't eat honey because that harms the little bees that produce the honey. Yeah. Don't wear red makeup because a whole bunch of red coloring and makeup is made from the ground up shells of beetles, those poor little beetles. Don't wear silk because we've stolen the silk from those poor little silkworms. So is the number one, (laughs) and I just, is the number one then, um, rationalization is to prevent animal suffering. Well, interestingly, uh, for both Kat and I, it wasn't really so much about anything to do with animal suffering. It had everything to do with me suffering. Yes. Everything to do with I would like to live forever. I don't really care about I get that. But cat. I mean, in, in general, this whole veganism thing started, what, at least 20 or 30 years ago, we started hearing yeah. that word, right? Yes. And, and I, yeah. is it more like along the PETA lines? Yes, or? I believe it is, actually. And, and really, it's again, don't wear leather. Don't wear wool. A lot of the shearing practices are pretty inhumane. And on and on it goes, right? And for me, the trouble is it seems like the logical destination for that line of thinking is we should all kill ourselves because just by existing, we're doing incredible harm. Well, we are actually. Yes, but I don't, I'm not prepared to kill myself in order to spare the bacteria. But we all, the three of us have agreed that we won't reproduce anymore. (laughs) <laughs> that's some great sacrifice to ourselves that's right because i was going to have just an army of children after the age of 45 not Wait, when did we agree to do that well we covered it about 10 20 episodes ago and uh, of course i think i just said it and yeah. you guys were polite so well i maybe... i agreed to that long long ago okay yeah that's right you had a, a deal with your doctor and his scissors yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's that. And I'll just, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's one of those fatty kind of things. I don't know. We get, we get a couple, we have a couple of vegan meals every week. If only because we have fresh prep and they do have a little symbol and you hover over the symbol, it says 100% vegan. Of course, I understand that vegans are prone to debate things, but I don't exactly know what the assumption would be there. Uh, why fresh prep wouldn't be vegan, whereas some recipe would but anyway, they claim to be 100% yeah. vegan in some of their meals. And we ended up with them because uh, Griffin doesn't tend to like meat. He'll eat it, but he prefers not to. Um, and then Sue's just been finding her cholesterol levels kind of seem to be dropping when we switch to fresh prep. Mm. So she kind of is on side with less mm. meats. And then so we'll have, like, we order three meals, each of, each of the three of us in the house orders one. And so it's often two vegans and a meat <laughs> or a fish. Or sometimes just three vegans or two vegans and a vegetarian or whatever. It's, it's so, But it's not for any, well, in our, in my case, it's just because it's 
whatever tastes the best that yeah like old, whatever appeals to me the most is often not meat anymore it's just a thing like it's strange yeah the only thing in that movie that i recall along those lines that i kind of responded to you know my moral imperative or whatever you want to call it was a little thing about how 80 percent of agricultural land is dedicated to the production of meat and mm. it only produces 18 percent of the calories that we consume yeah. oh yeah yeah and we all know, I'm sure, that there's a suspicion that raising cattle is just unbelievably damaging and expensive in terms of environmental impact. It's not a suspicion, really. It's kind of like yeah. scientific consensus. And the idea that it's that huge a disparity in terms of fuel to keep humans alive, terrible. You know, 80% of the land for 18% of what the calories we consume need. Right, yeah. Terrible. So there was that, but mostly I don't care about all that. Mostly I care about colon cancer and I, I do want to see if my, um, geez, all I can think of is chlorophyll. That's not right. Cholesterol. Cholesterol. <laughs> so I'm going to eat a lot of chlorophyll in pursuit of lower cholesterol. Your levels. skin starts to turn green. <laughs> you start photosynthesizing your carbon. And I'll, I'll also say too, so because I don't really care that much, like at work, my work, where I drive the shuttle, those guys, that place is rooted in the 80s. The way they treat women, the way they treat customers, the way they conduct their business. Pretty sure it hasn't changed since the 80s. I'm not going to go and ask somebody, could you please get a vegan lunch for me, please? I don't want to have to hear it. And when they do the Christmas dinner last Wednesday, I had a great big whopping piece of prime rib it was delicious because <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just Boy. not i'm just not going to have the argument right if i'm not going to go to bat and go to war because that's the thing i dislike most about vegans as opposed to people who are pursuing a plant-based diet is the the tone of moral outrage that <laughs> seems to follow so often rob made us steaks in saskatoon and they were the size of the ones you used to get in the 60s oh yeah you know they kind of lead them in on a leash <laughs> Yeah. amazing. <laughs> Little trolley. Oh man, were they good. Hot primary wisdom. I don't miss meat because like living with a, with a plant-based person as I do, I probably only cooked meat at home about five times in the last year anyways. Mm-hmm. I eat it all out someplace. Right. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you posted on living forever. You know the old joke, my plan is to live forever. So far, so good. That's me. Now... What else we got? Do we want to, oh, you know what, RJ? Uh-huh. I am dying to know what the hell this house drainagoscopy is. Yeah, that's it's pronounced house drainageoscopy. Drainageoscopy. Yes, yes. So uh, Sue's mom's house, she's 90 years old now, and uh, her house is in uh, East Van, and it's uh, kind of clay earth there. And from time to time, her basement floods. So if it's heavy rains, you get the waters coming in. We bought her a little uh, sump pump. She didn't really have a sump, but she sets it on the concrete, kind of the lowest part of the basement. And she'll run that pump. She'll get up at uh, 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning or 4 in the morning. She'll be up for 12 hours doing the pumps, wobbing the decks. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's, oh. we, we know what the problem is, right? So it's, uh, it's actually, she had some people put in some new drainage for her about 20 years ago. I think they did a pretty good job. That drainage goes into a sump in the front yard 
and the sump's a couple feet up across. It's 18 inches down the top of the sump, and uh, there's a tree nearby, and that tree oh, has yeah. worked its roots into the drain that goes into the sump. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a guy come out uh, two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, um, and run the little scope down there. And he showed me, it's always fun to look at the scope. And so he showed me the, uh, the, uh, the water in there, you know, so you get to see the camera going through water, this pipe, you can see the pipe murkily through the water. And then, uh, he gets down to where he thinks the blockage is. And then it's kind of like, um, when they put a stent in the same idea, they're using, like they're sending a camera down and then he sends the auger down there. Yeah. And then, um, so he does the auger and then this is about three years ago, almost three years ago. And then you get to watch the drainage. You can actually hear it too. As it you can releases. hear it starting to drain. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah, no and kidding. then you see all of a sudden the camera's in the air yeah. and you see the water flowing along this pipe. Oh, that is good. Um, so, uh, but Sue's mom's getting old. And she doesn't really understand English well, and it's really hard to explain to her. And she's saying, no, 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 that's not the problem. The problem is problem is this fireplace, because that happens to be where a lot of the water shows up mm. around a fireplace. Mm. So at one point, just to be happy, I put in silicon <laughs> all around the base of the fireplace. She said, we got to fix the fireplace. And then she actually paid for this work and we did explain what happened, but then two and a half years later, she forgot that it ever happened mm. and we could not convince her that it was the same thing. We're only 90% sure. Maybe it's something different this time, but anyway, so we, we hired a guy to come out without her knowing and her hearing's not great. So we managed to pull off the whole job this really? time with her inside and Sue's inside keeping her busy or whatever. And the TV's just cranked up because <laughs> in the evening she can't hear well. So she just cranks the TV and the guys pulled off the entire thing, a little bit different equipment this time, but it was the same problem. So we send, he sends the camera down and it's kind of cool. The camera has a little broadcast unit in it. So I've taken a video. I'll show you guys. The guys go above it with a little radar thing going, and and as it gets warmer, it's going going faster and faster, like a Geiger counter. And and, uh, so they can tell exactly where the the clog is. So now we know precisely where that sump is because we weren't sure before. And then instead of an auger, he sends down a ultra high pressure hose. Yeah. With a little point on the end of it that just is very, very uh, like a pressure washer type thing on the end. And he breaks through the roots that way. And he goes, well, you got a small hole in there. Then he sends down a reverse thruster thing that goes past that hole and it's got even more pressure. Um, Has to pull the camera out because the camera would get damaged. And uh, anyway. I used to do that work at Kaminko. Yeah, it's pretty satisfying stuff. really sad. With really high pressure water, like 2,000 pounds an inch, and the reverse thruster thing, it's got one that goes forward and five that pull the hose further into the hole by thrusting towards you. Right. And you turn it, rotate it, so that the five go around in a circle and just cut everything behind them. The one makes a hole for the head, and the five just clear behind it. It's really fun. So we're not sure if he did as good of a job as the last guy or better. We don't really know. We got a really good shot of it though. So, yeah. uh, you, you might have to edit out the, uh, 
the moments while I take to find this yeah, thing. Yeah. It might take a minute or so, but okay. it's uh, it's really fun to look at. Well, we get that. We get a drainage oscopy uh, every six months. Do you really? Just a routine one from the city. Why? This? Because, it, and we split it half and half because it's technically on there. It's it's sort of right on the dividing line, so oh. they pay half and we pay half. What but, is the the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the big cedars out front, and not I've. I put a coupling there, a big a rubber coupling for the sewer coming out of the mm-hmm. sump, and that's where the little roots go in. And they do it, and they come in. Do you know they found that, you know when you cut a tree down, you're pulling the stump, and a lot of the roots have those little hairs on them? Mm-hmm. Well, those little hairs are pretty sophisticated little things. They can actually sense running water, and the tree will move towards running water. Like its root system will move towards running water and it's not because the soil is wet, but because they can detect the sound or vibration of running water. Oh, that is uh, quite interesting. Those and that, little hairy little things. That makes, that makes sense though. Doesn't and that's it? how come they always find those things. And it's not necessarily because the pipe is spewing water into the surrounding area at all. It's just because they can sense they're, that they're heading up. Yeah, yeah. They're just heading that way. It's kind of a, kind of a terrible thing when you consider how powerful tree roots are. And how many trees are planted near pipes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because they just wreak havoc in there. Yeah. Uh, and who hasn't had that? I mean, in their sewage drain, you know, drain field for a septic system. Right. You've cleared right. a couple of those, and man, oh man, the root stuff you get in those is just outstanding. Okay, so I'm going to hand this photo around here, and then we'll, uh, we'll post it on the uh, website when we post the episode. Yeah. And KJ, you've seen these before. It's quite fascinating. And PJ, it really matches with what you just said about the, the roots having all these little, yeah. you know, tendrils, like capillary things. Yeah. Just, yeah. and it, it almost makes you think it's like an artery with some bad yeah. platelets or whatever. Yeah, it's um, fascinating. And of course, it has rained heavily since. And oh. Sue's talked to her mom and she goes, yeah, I don't know why. Just like the basement isn't flooding anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and we just not... <laughs> I don't know. Should we tell her, I suppose, but then she's going to offer to pay us back and all that stuff. And it's just too much, too painful. So, well, maybe just suggest that something maybe let go in the pipe. Yeah. There wasn't a thing you acted yeah. upon. But no, maybe no, something. we'll just, we'll just leave. That would outly. What's the bill for that? Uh, it was just 425. No, the guy said, uh, the guy said it was 280 an hour. So that was appealing because I was pretty sure I knew what the problem was. But as is typical, and I can't blame him, he's like, yeah, the customer always thinks he knows, right? I'm going to follow my process. So mm. his process ended up costing us more, uh, like an hour and a half. So it ended up being like 420 or something like that. Mm. The first guy was 475. Um, it's, it's, if they had just done what I said, then it would have been three quarters of an hour. However, what if I was wrong? They would have wasted three quarters of an hour. So they have their method. I don't really blame the guy. Yeah, it's the same, same old, same old though. You know, yes, the customer always thinks they know, but then yes, the guy's always going to make sure that if a job is being done, he's going to make a certain minimum amount of money on it, no matter what. Well, maybe, or maybe he just felt that they follow a process. Yep. So how much do you pay? You pay half every six months? 75 or something like that. Yeah. So it's pretty, like it's, is it city staff? 
Yeah, that's going to cost a lot less anyway. They got the equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an cool. hourly rate. You're not paying for the equipment or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Those guys are getting paid no matter how long or how quick they are here. Huh. As opposed to Bob's drainoscopy. And actually, I'm just throwing that 75 out there. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, actually. Oh, you money bags, right? No, it just comes yeah. out of them. Your, your people take care of it. It just comes out of general revenue. You know, it's got a massive account, general revenue. I'm not it's sure like how government. it comes out. Like, would that get <laughs> dumped onto your taxes? Oh, it could be. Could be. Yeah. And, like, and I'm out owing. Hmm. Yeah. I have no idea. I that's, should look that up. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Just, yeah, take care of that. I don't know. Guess. Somehow we've been taking care of it. I don't know what's going on. Until they come to me and say, I owe them $80 billion, I'm good. I'm real good. <laughs> yes. I got another one for you, boys. It's just, I, it's just a thing. I was walking the dogs the other day because that's what I do a lot of times every day. Walking the dogs by the bus stop, bunch of little bits of paper on the ground. I bend over. It's raining like crazy and it's all the contents of somebody's wallet. Whoa. It's like, there's no credit cards in there, but there's his uh, social insurance card, his care card, his birth certificate, mm. his expired membership cards and whatever, 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 just on and on a whole bunch of stuff. No cash though. Nope. No cash, no credit cards. I think we know this story already, don't we? So I picked it all up. Okay. All of it. And a guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but his middle name was Arthur. I do remember that on his birth certificate, right? And, you know, I bring it all home and I get the dogs in the house and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to get a hold of this guy. He works at a collision repair shop. I can't even remember the name of it. I'll go down and just return all this stuff to this guy. And then I have this brilliant idea. I'll just spread out all these little pieces of paper, his business cards, pictures of his kids, just all of it. Spread it out on the mat and see if they'll dry a little bit because all of it is just sopping wet. So I do all that, just just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I go, what was I doing? I think I went and washed my hands. And it came out and one of the dogs was licking one of the cards. Just lick, lick, oh. lick. And I thought, oh, geez, damn it. So I shoo the dogs away and I pick it all up and I just put it all into a plastic bag all wet. And I think, okay, fine, fine, fine. He's just going to get them all wet. And I take it down there later on in the day. Oh, thank you so much. He's not here right now. We'll get it. Guy phones me like, I give him the number and he phones me an hour or so later. And he, yeah, I got everything now. Half of it was where you found your half and the other half was over at Hoskins and Dempsey. And uh, there was no money or cash in there. It's just like an ID wallet that I keep in the car. So I broke into my car. He said, the only thing I'm missing is my birth certificate. I said, what? He said, my birth certificate. I I never found it. I'm going to go have a drive by and see if it's kicking around. I said, I had your birth. I'm sure I had it. Your middle name's Arthur, right? And he says, yeah. I said, I had your birth certificate for sure. I had, well, it's not in the stuff. I said, did you check with the guys where I left it at the desk? He said, yeah, they don't have any extra. I said, no, I'm certain, absolutely. It was a card-sized paper. I think the dog ate this guy's birth certificate. Oh, my God. That's the punchline for the story. Wow. I think. Did you tell him? No, No. I didn't. So I just told him, no, I'm very sure I had it. If you didn't get it, it's lost because I had it in hand, and I'm pretty sure I left it with the guys at uh, the shop there. Hmm. And if they didn't get it, the dog ate it. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, That's you, a good little story. It's kind of. I know, because most of the time the dog ate my is, <laughs> is a made up story. 
Yeah, no, and... I just couldn't believe it. I thought, why is he even doing that? Like, why would the dog do that? I just, no idea. Did not see that coming. Okay, okay. Where are we at here? Um, RJ, I want to know. I mean, I got a couple items on here that are just idiotic, but I want to know about this brake pads revisited. I, I wonder if this has anything to do with my rant about worn brake pads are not worn enough. That's right. I was on, uh, we were on our extended, uh, vacation there. The big drive. Um, when, uh, episode 70, um, when Candace from Canada came and visited and you told your brake pad story and it just reminded me of the situation with the, uh, our new car, 2018 Camry hybrid. We've been in for three services so far. They measure the brake pads at each service. And, uh, the first time, the very first service that came back, it said 75% remaining. Oh, remaining, not gone. Remaining. And I'm thinking this was only after six months. It was less than 8,000 kilometers. And um, I asked the guy, really? Cause I'm fairly easy on the brakes and it's a hybrid. It uses regenerative braking. So it's actually easier on your brakes. He goes, yeah, you got to make sure and break early. And I'm thinking, oh, I just didn't bother. I do, I'm an early breaker guy. So next time, uh, next, like just write the guy off. Right next away. service, uh, the brakes are at, uh, 80%. Mm, so looking up, yeah, looking up. Right. So they're, they're kind of growing. And I think <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what they mean. <laughs> that's what, wow. that's what that meant. Yeah. They actually, who, those cars are way more sophisticated <laughs> than I realized. So that's fine. I didn't even comment on it. I just took it. And of course, of course, as you may suspect, I do have a spreadsheet that <laughs> tracks every single maintenance and the percentages. So I can see, you know, the changes. Yeah. And so I take it in for the third service and it comes back and one, uh, I believe the front brakes are at 90% and the back are at 95 and so I'm sitting there with the guy because I had other things to talk to him. I said, oh, that's great. They've actually been going up. I'm going, that's a pretty good thing. He goes, yeah. And then he's talking and, I, and I'm going, once again, I go, yeah. <laughs> the fact that those brakes. Does, he doesn't buy at all. <laughs> the fact that those brakes go up every time, that's a, that's a good car. That's a, uh, Toyotas are good cars. I'm going, he looks me in the eyes. He says, I see what you're saying. <laughs> He just doesn't, just nothing. Is that all he gave you? Uh, yeah, we both know what it means. Those guys don't bother measuring your brakes half the time, especially on the first service. They're just going, yeah, but screw that. You know, like, well, and then on. I think the last time, either they're getting creative when they don't measure them. I know. Let's make them different from each other. Or more likely, I think for the first time they actually measured them. Uh, anyway, oh, I just hate all that because, <laughs> because whether you realize it or whether you're paying it directly or not, you're being billed for those idiotic estimates. Right? Yeah. Well, the bills are pretty small. They do the, that, they do that whole dealership thing when you get a brand new car of having remarkably low bills. Yeah. Cause they know they're going to get in the long run. If they build you up as a really, yeah. really long term, you've met a lot of those long term customers. Oh, yeah. You drive them. Bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I know about all that stuff too. It's awful. I just, I'm not going to say it again. I won't say it again. I will say, no, I'm not going to say it again. I'm not. The maintenance is around, I think one of them is $50 
and the other is like 75, something like that. Wow. They, yeah, they, I'm on the customer for life program. And that means that the sure are. the first seven oil changes are no charge for the oil, no charge for the labor. So, yeah. And uh, do you mind sharing with our listening audience your plan for when your warranty is expired? Yeah. Well, even, even uh, you know, Deckers, I swear by them. They're just yeah. a great place in Burnaby. And they've said, yeah, actually, we'll do it for you. They can They can do the early ones as well. The only thing about a hybrid, though, is there are certain things that Toyota, and I think it's illegal for Toyota to say it has to be done by the dealership, but boy, they give you the indication that when it comes time to do a free repair, to do a warranty repair, they may well say, well, your guys were not certified because they probably aren't certified by Toyota. So, So because the early ones are cheap, I'll stick with them for a while. There will come a day just out of warranty when they go, yeah, you know, it looks like your whatever is whatevered. And, uh, canuter valve, your yeah. canuter valves worn. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, uh, the parts are, um, you know, 850 and we have to take your engine out and, uh, flip your car upside down and, and shake know, all the money out of it. The bottom plate. Shake. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that coin door yeah. keeps being empty every time I get it back from the service. <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, I'll just do it uh, maybe, maybe like you say, until the warranty's out or maybe until they piss me off one day. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Like even at the corporate level, <clears throat> they play more and more of that threat game where they say, you know, we're not legally allowed to tell you that you can't get this done someplace else, but you're just crazy if you do. There are sensors in those brakes, and it's all connected to the regenerative thing. And if those sensors aren't calibrated when the brake shoe is reinstalled, uh, you know, you're going to have problems with the, you know, all of that stuff. It just make it, they make it sound like you'd be the craziest idiot in the world to get anybody other than them to do it, yeah, yeah. which is nonsense, right? All the mm. techs that work in their own garages pretty much keep up with all this stuff. I hate them all. They were fairly insulting when uh, we refused the... Extended warranty. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you're crazy to do it. Like it's obvious that you're going to lose money and you know, it's obvious that you would make money for sure. You'd make if you just spent the money on the, and I'm like, oh, so Toyota purposely loses money on these extended warranties. That's, that's how that works, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like you may as well insult them back again. It's just, but anyway, yeah, Sue had to sit through that. She was not happy. I had it. Well, there's, I have two tales from the shuttle. One good, one bad. Which one do you want first? The most interesting one. <laughs> ah, well, that was, was very John Malkovich. Okay, just, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, okay, I have one tale from the shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> The good one, though, was I was in a car with a guy. Yeah, you get talking as you usually do. Where I come from comes up. Turns out this guy we mentioned earlier uh, in today's session, Baron and Cecilia. Turns out this guy worked with Baron for years. Baron, right? Baron yeah. from Rosslyn. Yeah. Yeah, he knew. And, and his this guy's daughter has moved into either Muth's or Beely's house, it sounds like. On Park Street, just up from where... The, in Rosslyn. Yeah. Because he knew Park Street. 
I said, whoa, yeah, that's uh, in the wintertime. You want to have all-wheel drive for sure in winter. So just it was that little tidbit from the small world division. That was it. I don't think I had any other shuttle stuff. Okay. Listener mail. All right. Well, shall we do some listener mail? A hundred. All right. So these date back quite a ways. I'm afraid that we've been, uh, uh, well, it's just the timing of things. So, yeah, because episode 68 didn't go live until not that long ago. So these date back to episode 68. We've got one from Lee from Courtney. Hi, dogs. Here are some words and names for you regarding this episode. Um, and I'm going to give you the background on this. Um, we had a number of things we talked about in that episode, some of which was who was Bob Dylan's and Peter Paul's and Mary's business manager. Uh, how do you pronounce a particular state capital? Um, what is Rosebud? <laughs> and, uh, Rosebud. and otoscope images. And Lee from Courtney comes back with the answers. Trini Lopez, which is from a question that I didn't list, uh, and I can't remember. Albert Grossman was Peter, Paul, and Mary's manager. Helena is how you pronounce the capital of Montana. I believe KJ got that right. And Kane's Sled. Kane, Citizen Kane. There we go, Rosebud. And regarding the otoscope images... Ooh, disgusting. <laughs> and I did not even post them for that reason. And we had another letter from uh, Ogre from Nelson saying, hey, where was the earwax images? And I never, never did get around to putting them up. So I don't know. Maybe I'll put one up. Maybe I'll blur it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so you get the color. This indistinct oh. earwax color. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Just saying earwax is kind of gross. Trini Lopez was the guy who sang Lemon Tree. That's where that came from. Oh, there you go. Good man. Good man. Um, we got uh, quite a lengthy one from Susan from Rossland. Uh, we'll read just parts of it. Maybe we'll cover a few of her points and then uh, save the rest for a subsequent episode. Uh, she says, I am deeply, oh, she says, oh, doggity dogs. I am deeply ashamed of how far behind I got on your performance art. So I have been <laughs> binging like crazy. What I've learned is that I must have pen and paper at hand so I can make a note every time I have a comment. It really is the most fun listening to you, but it feels so much like I'm in the room that I want to butt in with a deeply pithy comment. Can something be both deep and pithy? I believe so. It's, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Pithy is substantial. Okay. Substantial and meaningful and to be worked over. Okay. And yet a pith helmet, is it substantial? No. So why is that? I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know why I'm attempting to answer these questions. I mean, first, I always think, oh, I know the answer to that. And then I think, why are you even trying? You don't even know. Why are you even doing that? I always think, who has my pith helmet? Anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, the old jokes. They're the best jokes. Uh, anyway, she says, listen, this is a massive letter, so I broke it up. Please don't feel like you need to read all of it or any of it on air. So we will just read the first little bit of it. Really, this letter is for you guys, and I don't care if it goes out or not. However, if you felt you wanted to use any of it, I thought it would be easier for you to grab one thing or another this way. Thank you very much for that. Number one, she says, KJ, you and Ogre are madmen. I was completely like Pat during your telling of the Moroccan episode, Escapade, as in what? What? 
Wow. <laughs> However, the burning question is this, and for our listeners who haven't heard the uh, uh, back catalog, KJ covers the Moroccan episode, must have been back around episode 20 or 30. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a trip to Morocco in their crazy youth. She says, however, the burning question is this, if that leather handbag had made it to Casa McNulty addressed to your mum, like what if she had opened it? I just can't even imagine. Oh, well, no, it was, uh, as far as we knew, <laughs> and they showed it to us, sort of, it was, uh, the hash was put inside the leather, like, Sewn right in. Sides. So if you opened the thing, you wouldn't see any hash. You'd have to actually uh, cut the, embo- the the stitching well, to open have, it up. Well, you'd have to notice that the <laughs> walls of the purse were unusually bulky. Uh, the base, actually. It was uh, the, base the base. The right. Yeah, and, but... Hash is not heavy. <clears throat> no, and it was quite thin, but because, you know, the, um, I don't think there would have been any problem there. Now, maybe getting the purse away from her to open it and then make sure it all looked... Scook them when you gave it back. That might have been a problem, but we didn't have to worry about that, did we? That's right. It never did arrive, did it? Damn. All right. Number two. RJ, would you and Sue please come and organize my life for me? (laughs) (laughs) I loved the logic that went into organizing the travel bag. I was clapping my hands together with glee at the beautiful logic. Well, just get yourself some packing cubes and go from there. They're just, you, there's no going back from packing cubes. They're fantastic. I, I can't believe she didn't mention your spreadsheets then, because if she liked that, then she must love the spreadsheets. Yeah, I think, I think she was mentioning the spreadsheets as well there. So yeah. Number three, in the discussion on peanut butters, I had to immediately make toast and peanut butter. <laughs> I prefer the unadulterated brand Maranatha. But we'll defend to the death KJ's right to added sugars. I find you have to stir Maranatha much less than Adam's. I noticed RJ's comments about Jif, maybe due to his Californian origins. Yeah, for sure. Jif was heavily advertised in the States, uh, which only became available in Canada March 2017. Oh, okay. There you go. Canadian equivalent would probably be Kraft or Skippy, I'd say. So, yes. And then she sent us a note just moments later that said, oh my God, I just read the label of Maranatha peanut butter, not so unadulterated. Palm oil, oh my God. And cane sugar, never mind. Said in my best Rosanna, Rosanna Dana voice. (laughs) Thank you for that, Susan. And we'll cover some of your other points in future episodes. I think we should skip to number six there because there's a picture. Oh, do you want to cover number six? Yeah, sure. She says, included in this email are a couple of photos. I'm sorry, I should have scanned them, but I just took a quick photo and forwarded them. I'll get you better copies, should you want them. Both of them were taken at a Kokanee Glacier trip. What about the one with PJ with the mirror lens aviators looking up with his red hat? Ah, the red hat, sadly missed and mourned by all. I had this red hat, so Cromer, who's been on a couple of times, his mom went to Rhodesia way back there when we were around 12 or 13 and she came back with what she told us were Rhodesian workers hats and these things were just hats with a brim all the way around one was Tilly hats I guess so yeah they were their canvas and mine was red and his was blue and I wore that thing faithfully for a good four years until one day I was on the um 
the Anscombe, the Kootenay Lake Ferry, and just coming into Balfour off the main lake, I was standing outside and I looked up and the wind got under the brim and that thing went off my head, slid along the deck, over the side, gone. Oh. Just gone. So it's the at the bottom of Kootenay Lake? Yeah, somewhere somewhere between there and Nelson. Little fishes swimming through it. Yeah. Cool. And uh, the picture she's enclosed, I am wearing mirror shades, but they sure weren't mine. I think <laughs> I must have borrowed those shades from, they look like a girl shades. But they weren't mine. I don't think I ever had those. And that other photo she sent is also rather awesome. Yeah. And that, I believe, is a, on a kokanee trip, or it could, I, that's what I assume. Well, she said they both were. So. Oh, there you go, yeah. And I, th- that's uh, Carol from Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure who it is that we. That is probably Sylvia, formerly of Rossland, yes. with, it, with her back to us. And KJ, standing on the back bumper of the truck as it drives down a bumpy road. And I remember one time I drove us down from kokanee. And people were hanging on the outside <laughs> and I got deep shit from Carmen cause I drove too fast Oh, and they were like fearful for their lives. <laughs> who, who is, who is Carol from Ottawa? Oh, Carol. Oh, okay. I know who you're saying. I didn't know that she was in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. Translator made a career as a translator. Good for her. Yeah, okay. I think. So we will put those, uh, photos up and production note there pj if you remember while you're doing this one just put that little chapter markers for each photo okay because that that helps i mean otherwise i have to find them so far i've done that once yeah so if you if you just if you remember <laughs> just do it once i put a marker photo here comment from uh episode 62 the traveling shedburys in which we did our trip reports from summer vacations nancy says I'm just catching up on your podcast and was interested in the BC pen stuff. Remember we talked about the BC pen, uh, in, uh, turned out in new Westminster and we talked about Ocala a little bit as well. Anyway, she says, just to clarify one more time, Ocala was a prison off Royal Oak in Burnaby. The BC pen was a maximum security prison in new Westminster between Columbia and Richmond street. Interesting note. My father dated the daughter of the warden back in the mid forties. There is a very famous story about the killing of social worker, Mary Steinhauser. And she gives the Wikipedia uh, reference for that. So I will put that in the show notes regarding living on the grounds. I have lived here for the past 20 years. My legal address on my land title is penitentiary reserve. (laughs) I love this area and there is Definitely an interesting vibe living here, if you believe in that sort of thing. My previous condo sat on the grounds of a prisoner grave site, and there were some strange noises for sure. (laughs) I now live on the lower end of Richmond and have no plans on leaving the area. When I got here 20 years ago, it was definitely an affordable area, but the cost of housing has gone up. However, I was able to get a lofted condo with over 1,300 square feet. The condo upstairs from me with over 1,600 square feet is listed at $700,000, about two and a half times more than when I moved into the neighborhood. And as an aside, that sounds pretty reasonable. It starts to sound pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. As a further aside, do you happen to read that thing about Mary Steinhauser? Uh, No, I have not, no. That's pretty interesting. It seems like she, there was a prison riot and she was taken uh, as hostage. And um, when the, 
when the police broke in, she was telling them not to shoot the people that were holding her hostage. And she was shot by the police as they broke in, but accidentally, but killed, shot and killed. Oh, wow. And it was like, uh, what is that? No, what's the name of that syndrome when you identify with your captors? Oh, yeah. Helsinki. Is or it Helsinki? It's one of those yeah. Scandinavian cities. Stendhal? What is that? Patty Hearst was the first example that we heard about with that syndrome. Yeah, I always say Helsinki. It's actually a different city. And and uh, uh, that's too bad. I had this the other day, and I just can't remember. Well, that's a uh, for our listeners without googling. Uh, just let us know if you know off the top of your head. Well, Lee will know. So if you're not Lee, no. no. <laughs> is it a burger? Something burger? No. Jeez, Sweden syndrome. What's the capital of Sweden? Anybody know? Oslo. 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 That isn't. No, Oslo's Norway. You guys, Helsinki, Sweden. They're all the same. (laughs) (laughs) They're cold, mountainous fjords. People drink too much. Really heavy social medicine. It's all the same. But they have great socialist medicine, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess we can save some of these. I don't know. I think that's good. We can do them in the next episode, meaning later this session. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, mm. all right. Well, that's excellent. By the way, I'll just say it again. Thank you, listeners. I mean, I hope you haven't given up on ever hearing us address your mail because uh, we've had some, you know, production shuttling things. Really appreciate that mail. So I had a note on here, CBC is stealing from us. I know you guys, this is a yet another thing that I'm sure you're tired of me talking about, but they're stealing from us. Now this arises because Lee had mentioned in one of her notes that we will probably get to later on, uh, that we had referred to, you guys had, I think, referred to, if you just say out loud something, the next thing you know, you'll be seeing it in your Facebook feed advertised for. Mm, right. Right. And so this thing was um, basically about CBC following us because we had talked about, had watched some made for North America Chinese science fiction production. All right. And we right. had some laughs over the sort of different values, but really it was clearly intended for North American audience, but it was also intended to flatter China. And we had remarked about how, hey, those guys are coming. They got a lot of money. They got a huge audience in China and they like to crack the North American market. And lo and behold, not too long after that, we see CBC telling us that China is becoming the world's, is becoming the biggest movie market in the world and changing what you watch. In other words, they're marketing to Chinese audiences, but they're trying to make them so they can be marketed worldwide. They're listening to us. So we just have to keep, going and pretty soon cbc is going to call us and say could you guys just come and work for us could Mm -hmm. you because like we're we're tired of just rehashing everything you say i think nice one skin yeah i thought so i much prefer the shed dogs corporation as an employer (laughs) yeah me too they're really generous about what hours you do and don't work and also if the quality of your work's off one day nobody really gets up your nose about it that's right (laughs) That's all we have for this week. We hope that the spirit of festivity, joviality, non-seriousness, foolishness even, pervades your holidays like we expect it to pervade ours. And then you come back and see us again real soon, as they used to say in the old Hillbillies show. Thanks. 
Bye.